0: welcome back to the minimum effective dose podcast i am one of your co-hosts mike perry and as always i'm here with the man the myth the the kettlebell iron cardio king brett jones how are you brett oh fabulous how are you sir another day uh, another day in paradise um you know uh, we're getting a nice little snowstorm coming here in boston over the next day or so we haven't had a whole heck of a lot of snow so it's going to be a uh, It'll be fun to get out there and uh horse around with the kiddos and uh hopefully get a day of skiing and over the weekend. So we'll see how that goes.
1: Fingers crossed.
0: How's everything Sounds in the bird the these days? Everything good? Are you guys getting you guys getting that same storm as us or no? Not really. Um, I mean, today it's it was literally 34 degrees,
1: about as cold as you can get, and not get snow and pouring rain. So it felt like 23. It's pouring rain, and it's the worst weather. I I'll take any other. I'd rather have snow. I'll take any other weather. This is my yeah. most hated weather. <laughs> Welcome to Pittsburgh.
0: <laughs> so today's we're going to be talking about uh, meteorology and um, exactly. the fact that you can you can have whether, a job. Weather Brett hates. <laughs> you can have a job and be wrong and still get paid. Uh Wait, isn't that no, well? No, w- <laughs> yeah. No disrespect to the meteorologists <laughs> out there. Um, I don't really know any meteorologists, so it's not like I'm disrespecting anyone personally. Anyways, um, we're not here to talk about the weather. We are here to talk about the one-arm push-up and the one-arm one-leg push-up. Um, last week we had a, a nice discussion about the pistol squat. Um, and we're gonna keep that theme when it comes to body weight training and uh we are going to dive into the one arm one leg push up and uh so one arm push up and the one arm one leg push up because they are are two separate exercises so um you know Brett you had mentioned that in in the previous podcast you learned about the pistol squat uh via Pavel's book the naked warrior um how did you hear about the one arm push up and the one arm one leg push up same <laughs> okay next question <laughs> <laughs> moving on
1: um no, I mean, I think anybody that's seen the original Rocky or Rocky Two, you know, came away with the idea that you you have that uh, unique uh, form that uh, was displayed uh, during that, that training montage. Um, and so, but a lot of people think a one-arm pull-up is where you've got, you know, one hand holding the bar and the other hand holding your wrist, so you're doing a two-arm pull-up. You just have one hand holding the bar. Um, so I, I think there's some perceptions out there as to what is and what isn't, you know, a one-arm push-up in particular. And, you know, Naked Warrior just uh, uh, is a master class in high-tension techniques, using your breath um, and building towards this this uh, skill. And, you know, the the whole idea behind Naked Warrior and having done the pistol and now the, the one-arm push-up or one-on-one push-up, you know, the idea was like, I should be able to get fit anywhere. Drop me someplace with no equipment, but food and, you know, shelter and, you know, not risking my life every second of every day. Um, and I should be able to train myself and and stay fit and do, do what I need to do. Um, and, you know, the pistol, uh, airborne lunge, you know, uh, those variations for a lower body, and then the one-arm push-up. Um, if you happen to not be around a pull-up bar or something you can use to pull up on, uh, the one-arm push-up really succeeds um, in building a lot of strength. And it was one of the things that drew Gray Cook towards Pobble uh, was, here's this guy talking about what Gray and I later termed symmetry of strength when we did kettlebells from the center dynamic. Uh, that, that, you know, one of the background ideas of Naked Warrior is you should be able to do this on both sides pistol and one arm push up or one arm, one leg push up, And so I, I think there's a lot to be learned, uh, by diving into this.
0: Absolutely. So, um, we're going to attack this topic uh, a little bit differently. Um, and, 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 and here's why, um, when it comes to working with dumbbells and even barbells, um, and kettlebells, um, one of the easiest ways to make any type of lift harder or easier is to just change the load. Right. Um you can do that with body weight, but it's a little bit more intricate and a little bit more granular because we don't have these two kilo or four kilo or two and a half pound, five pound, ten pound, ten pound incremental steps. We we generally have um sort of angles in which we can complete the pull up, right? So if we're doing a true one arm push up or one arm, one leg push up on the ground on the deck. Um, that is, that is a pretty hard exercise And a way that to regress that is to just to do it on something a little bit higher. It could be on a bench or it could be on a countertop or whatever you decide. So, um, the journey to get there is a little different because, um, yes, it, it has to do with strength. It has to do with tension. It has to do with your ability to zip up your entire body in a way that you don't have to do on, uh, like a bench press, um, and other sort of exercises that you can use an external load to make things easier or harder. And if there's one thing that I've really learned about, uh, uh through practicing the one arm pushup and the one arm, one leg pushup is the, the importance of tension. And, um, if you truly want to learn how to apply tension, um, I can honestly say the best thing you can do is take an SFB course. And, and yes, we're with strong first. Um, but, uh, I'm not saying this because, you know, I'm a senior with them. I'm saying that because I've taken a lot of courses and that course for me, and I, I knew a lot when I took it, but that just really gave me some fantastic insight on how important tension is, but also on the flip side, how important relaxation is, because I think a lot of the times we live in the middle where we think we're getting fully tight, but we're really, really not. So, um, and I think if you really want to understand relaxation, you have to understand tension because it's at the opposite end of the spectrum. So I remember, um, you know, early on when I was doing one-arm push ups and one-arm leg push ups, I kind of just started practicing it and I, and I, and I could do it. And, and it was because I was a decent athlete. I already had a decent level of strength, but I, I'll, I'll tell you right now, it wasn't pretty. And, um, it wasn't, it wasn't economical. And, and what I mean by that is yes, I could do it, but you wouldn't have looked at it and gone, wow, that looks good. <laughs> you would have looked at it and gone, oh, it's, 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 uh, it's there, but it's not great. Um, but here's the cool thing, right? Um, and, and we are still going to talk about this, it's not just all about me today, but so I trained the one arm, one leg push up, um, to to get certified for the SFB a few years back. And uh, you know, I did all the requirements and, and had a lot of experience with it. But here's the cool thing, right? I I hadn't touched a dumbbell or a kettlebell or anything from a pressing standpoint in probably two months. I went back and I could press for triples or doubles, I forget the hundred-pound dumbbell on one arm, doing a do just like a single, single arm kind of dumbbell chest press. And I was doing the hundreds and I hadn't touched anything else and listen i'm not a big guy i'm about 170 pounds on a heavy day that's that was pretty good for me and um you know i i think a big part of it was the tension component but um it was the ability to not get spun by that heavy weight because if you've done heavy single arm pressing it's not just an upper body exercise it's a core exercise and um if you've really pressed heavy And say you're pressing with your right arm and that dumbbells coming down, your left side is just doing everything it can to zip up and create tension. So that's when I realized, wow, there is a ginormous carryover effect too, when you're training body weight, but it's not easy because, um, you have to have prerequisite mobility. You have to have healthy joints. You have to have the ability to create tension and know when to use tension. So, um, that, that's kind of a quick story, but, um, It's one of those things that if you do have the time to dedicate to learning how to do one-arm, one-leg push-ups, one-arm pushups, or even pistols, spend some time doing it. And, uh, you know, look at some of the, the teaching cues from people like Karen and, and some of the other high level, um, SFB instructors, uh, you're going to get a hell of a lot stronger. And like you said, you can do it anywhere. And that's the beauty of, of true body weight training. So the the thing that comes up here
1: is that uh, especially when somebody's hunting the uh, or one arm one leg push-up or one arm one one leg push-up uh or you're hunting your first pull-up and we'll do us another podcast on pull-ups later later on. Uh, but you're dealing with something that is a 1RM or beyond your current 1RM. So how the heck do you program that? Like we can't start running percentages and and working with X percent of our 1RM because it might be beyond our 1RM right now. We haven't done it yet. So how do we start building the skill? Uh, We're going to come back to tension and and how we layer that in and uh, the dangers of the hollow position in the push-up and some other things as we go here. But it's, I think, from a programming standpoint and from a, you know, how do I work on this standpoint? When you're at or beyond your 1RM, how the heck do you do that? And this was one of the things that we cover uh, at the SFB, but we also, back in the day when the pistol and the one arm push-up and stuff like that was part of SFG2. Um, I'm going back a few years, uh, but I am old. And uh, we would talk a lot about ACE, artificially controlled environment. And I think there's two things uh, that can be super successful. As far as the one-arm push-ups is, is concerned, with ACE, okay. Let's take a step step to the left. What do I mean by artificially controlled environment? If if I take something like uh, let's go back to the pull-up example. Yes, I'm ruining our other podcast, but just <laughs> go just go with me for a minute. Um, if I am if a pull-up is beyond me right now, I haven't done my first pull-up. How am I going? Ace means I'm going to artificially control my environment so that I successfully complete a pull-up. With good form, successful but challenged, not quivering on the bar and shaking and somebody yelling, it's all you, bro, uh, sort of thing. It's a challenging but successful, perfectly performed pull-up with some assistance. So I'm going to artificially control my environment. We can do that same thing in the one-arm push-up. Or one-arm, one leg push-up. My two favorite strategies there are um bands. This is this is something where, you know, getting a jump stretch band or a resistance band of some sort uh and unloading yourself to the point where you can perform five successful but challenging, perfect one-arm push-ups is one of the best things uh that you can do. So we're going to artificially control that environment. I'm going to create a situation where I'm successful, but challenged, perfect form, able to accomplish the reps. You mentioned the other one, but I'm going to put a little bit of a spin on it. And this is from working with uh, Fabio. Um, And since only our parents listen to this podcast, I think it's pretty safe to to put it out there. (laughs) Um, It's actually working, getting a, a piece of plywood, and working in a power rack or Smith machine to be on that plywood and slowly lower it from a, a elevated position where you can get, you know, X number of reps and then, you know, descend as you as you go. Um this is a little bit different than using boxes um, because the it's like the floor is always there with you. One of the things with the boxes is your, your face and your body kind of goes, you get mm-hmm. out of sync, you're a little beyond the box. And, and for right. me, the box pushups, I've always felt really, they're harder than doing the full thing for me. Um, so working your way down a power rack with a piece of plywood, uh, using a band, artificially controlling that environment, um, probably the biggest hurdle. Um, and that mindset change of i can control my environment artificially control my environment so that i can be successful at this skill that i can't do yet <laughs> um is the key for people getting past the that hurdle uh in the one-arm push-up or pull-up um there's even versions of that for the pistol uh which we could go back and and chat about another time but you know that that's where i kind of want to enter into this because I, I think when people hear this and they're like oh, I great exercise. I can't do it yet. Cool. Let's artificially control your environment so that you can do it. And let's start that progression. Uh, let's build that.
0: Absolutely. And and I like the idea of using like a piece of plywood or, or something where you can just, um, you know, work your way towards the floor. Um, I did the the same thing a long time ago with a, trying to work towards a standing rollout. Um, same idea, Ross anime, Ross training, really really old school uh you know strength and conditioning website this guy's an absolute savage and I mean talk about some of the I mean you want to see some impressive feats of strength this guy's an animal but one of the things that uh, I learned through him not from him directly was same thing with the ab wheel you can just you can do a full kind of standing rollout and you're just putting a you know like a like a two by 12 or whatever piece of wood in, in front of you and you're just working that full range of motion and you start to work it down. So, um, I love the idea of doing it that way. I've never thought of it that way, but it, it makes perfect sense. And you're right. Um, it allows you to kind of have that floor work with you at the same time. Cause you're right. The like bars can get a little bit wonky and especially depending on your shoulder anatomy and how well you do getting into the right position, trying to find that position where you can really utilize your lat own that a little bit of shoulder extension, learn how to use your lat. Um, I, I think that's, those are all a a key component of it, but, um, you know, I I think that in order to really understand this though, you gotta just, you gotta just spend some time with it. It's not, it's definitely in my opinion, and and let me know if you feel a little bit differently, Brett. it's you, unless you've done it and you've struggled and you've gone through the, 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 you spent the time on it. You just, there's no way you can teach it without doing it. You can't like hypothetically try to be like, this is what it feels like. Cause it's, i tell you what, it feels, um, very, very different than, uh, you would originally think. But so Brett, let's talk about, um, kind of from a movement standpoint, uh, you know, from a movement prerequisite standpoint, what are some things that you're looking for? Uh, if someone does want to travel the journey of, of doing a one arm push up or a one arm, one leg push up. Well, from a movement standpoint, what are you looking for? So fortunately, the
1: barrier to entry to a horizontal push is a much lower barrier to entry than vertical pushing and pulling. So you can get away with having less than ideal mobility in a variety of places um, and still accomplish the, uh, the the one-arm push-up. You need enough T-spine mobility and extension to be able to set the scapula in the right position. And that's the biggest red flag um, thing to look out for, caution sign, um, how many cliches and analogies can I put to this? Uh, the thing to look out for is when that scapula position changes. And so this will happen in two ways. Somebody's coming down on the, on the pushup, they hit that barrier of shoulder extension, and or T-spine extension to be able to hold the uh, scapular position, or they started in an overly hollowed position. And we'll go into that more here in a minute. Uh, (laughs) And the scapula dumps forward and they go from what would have looked like a pretty good position to this dumped shoulder, pointy shoulder. And now the force is not where we want it to be. Mm So if you have a kyphotic T-spine, if you don't, if you don't have the ability to set at least a neutral to slightly extended T-spine, uh, and control that, those scapular mechanics and have that stable, strong scapula that can hold under this anti-rotation, you know, big push through one arm, you're going to run into some problems. So there's a minimum uh, needed. We're going to talk stability here in a minute, but from mobility standpoint, you need a minimum amount of T-spine mobility, a little bit of T-spine extension. You need a lot of scapular stability. And then there's this huge tension component that we're going to talk about here in a minute.
0: Yeah, absolutely. If there's one more thing that I would add in there, and this is sort of the uh, often forgotten mobility requirement when it comes to uh, a lot of exercises and the get up as well is shoulder extension. Um, when we talk about you know, shoulder mobility, a lot of people, because we lift with kettlebells, assume we're talking about flexion going to the overhead position, but in order to, um, really own the one arm pushup, the one arm, one leg push-up, you have to ha- have the ability to extend your shoulder. And I'm not saying you have to have your full range of motion for that shoulder, but, um, if you can't get into shoulder extension with a quality, uh, with, with a, with a, let's say, let's just say, I don't want to say optimal, but you need the bare minimum of shoulder extension, um, scapular stability. Um, and you know, also, uh, you have to have healthy shoulders and pain-free shoulders because it asks a lot of the glenohumeral joint in general. And, um, if if you have pain going into that, I would, I would obviously say, don't do that. But the shoulder extension is, is something that is incredibly necessary for this exercise for get-ups on the downarm and for exercises like dips, because, um, dips require a lot of shoulder extension as well as, and, and can you, can you have optimal shoulder extension without throwing your, your glenohumeral joint sort of under the bus. So from a movement standpoint, those are some things that I would absolutely, um, start working on, uh, very, very early. Well,
1: and let's key in on here, body structure, because mm-hmm. where if we're talking and, and we talked a little bit about this in relation to the pistol, because there is an ideal body structure that the pistol you know, works really well for. Um, and a few people have that. A lot of people don't, you know, longer femur. uh longer shorter torso short torso long femur like there's some realities that we talk about in squatting well for horizontal pushing and pulling now we got to talk arm length versus torso thickness um, thorax thickness i'm kind of uh i got a pretty big rib cage and i got a i got a pretty thick structure so for me when i pull down the degree of shoulder extension that I get into is not all that great because I got a bunch of chest sticking out in front of me (laughs) uh, so that I I can uh, get to the ground pretty easily. Um, Whereas take somebody that has a thinner thorax, uh, they're not that deep from front to back uh, through the rib cage um, or, and, or they have long arms. Now, your requirement for that shoulder extension, your ability to maintain that scapular position, is really going to be challenged. You might be a person that doesn't need to go to the ground on their one-arm push-up. You know, we we kind of get into certain mindsets where chest has got to touch the ground if I'm doing a push-up. Um, I got to go, you know, hamstring to calf and go rock bottom in my pistol or my squat. Now that's not the reality for a variety of people out there. So you need to give yourself permission, know that you're one of those people and give yourself permission to limit the range to where you have good control. Because the situation I was talking about earlier where you lose that scapular stability and you dump that shoulder. Uh danger will robinson. Danger. Uh there's there's bad stuff waiting for you there. And um so body structure plays a big role here uh where we might not think of that um in in something like a push up but Long arm, narrow torso, or not that deep in the uh, or, or um, thorax, not that deep in the rib cage. Um, you're in a different position than somebody like myself. Um, I don't have long arms. I got kind of. I don't have a. I don't have short arms, but I don't have long arms, and I don't have a massive rib cage, but I have a a decently thick rib cage. Um, as I think I've joked before, fa- famous powerlifting
0: coach told me that I wasn't built to do anything um and yeah, so, Pavel told me the same thing. He did. He goes exactly. you're not really built for anything, Mike. I was like, thank you Pavel. I appreciate that.
1: <laughs> Perfect.
0: Uh, and so you know, if you know Pavel, if you know Pavel, you know he meant it but he's also busting you. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Um so that that sort of body structure conversation has got
1: to kick in there and then all of this kind of comes together when we start layering in this this the idea of this tension. The active negative and how you pressurize and really create. Um, Pavel has used. I guess I said it at one point uh, that I called the the one arm one leg push up and exercise and total body tension. I guess I said it at one point. Um Pavel keeps using it, so we'll, we're going to run with that. And um, I, I know I said it, but just can't remember when. And but that tension piece um, and and how you use your air how you use your breath within that tension piece is a big part of this one arm, one arm or one arm one
0: leg push-up absolutely and and uh so let's let's kind of talk about you know what this looks like in real life so um you know i, I would say the first thing is is it, you know make sure you can do regular push-ups first <laughs> just throwing it out there and and, and look when we're talking about regular push-ups we're not just talking about you know trying to bang out as many as possible we're talking about being able to keep your entire body rigid and create stiffness throughout the entire system and being able to pull yourself actively, pull yourself down into the push up with your lats. And then again, sort of come to the top with everything linked together, glutes, everything, you name it. So, um, you can do a very, very, uh, doing high tension push-ups um, in a slow and controlled fashion too. I'm not saying a 10 second eccentric, but doing a three to five second eccentric with a lot of tension and, and, um, And doing the same thing on the way up will teach you a lot. But again, tension is a skill. So you have to know how to be able to create tension before utilizing tension. That's just something to consider. So that's a nice way to do it. From a shoulder standpoint, um, if you really want to get your shoulder prepared, your shoulders prepared to to sort of accept the load and, and adapt to the load in a more optimal way, crooked arm bars, in my opinion, if you hammer a bunch of crooked arm bars and you get very efficient with the crooked arm bar prior to one arm one... One arm push-ups or one arm one leg push-ups, um, you're gonna get a, an appreciation of how to press with your lats. And um, when you start to do one arm push-ups or one arm, one leg push-ups, people assume that, well, oh, if the push-up, it's all chest. Yeah. Uh, to be honest, when I'm doing or one arm push-ups, one arm, one leg pushups, I'm feeling mostly lat and triceps and opposite hip in <laughs> glute um, and everything else. So because you hear a term like a push-up. Don't assume that it's just chest muscles, right? Because it is a total body exercise intention. It's just like, um, if you've done pushups or one-on pushups, um, it's not just a chest thing. It's, it's like when people ask you, like, what does this work? Well, like a deadlift, what does this work? It's like, the answer is yes. Cause it works so many things that it's like, if you, you don't use the deadlift to work something, you use the deadlift to get stronger in general. It's not like you're using a, a hamstring curl to, to work on your hamstrings, right? So there isn't like a one muscle group target with all this stuff. It's teaching the entire system to get tight and remain tight for the duration of the lift. And uh, part of that is just as uh, you understanding how to use and apply tension. Because we've talked about this, the goal of just creating tension, just creating tension. Not that it's useless. It's a it's a necessary step working towards something. But we're using tension and we're applying tension to to create. Uh, or or to basically um, perform an exercise that um, is is a fairly high-level exercise.
1: So our breath becomes a big part of how we're going to create that that tension. Uh, We're going to – we want to picture and use our air like a pneumatic system. Um, So when you get set in the top position and you go into this uh, one-arm push-up, both let's talk one arm push up both feet are on the ground you're wedged between the big toes and the heel of the hand that's on the ground free hand the 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 easiest thing to do to get started is bring that hand down to the outer thigh and push against your thigh do not wrap it around and grab the back of your hamstring Pulling forward, flexing the arm is not the same as pushing into the thigh and creating the lat tension on the opposite side, which is really going to help you square those shoulders and and have a lot better result in your one-arm push-up. Once you're in that position where you're wedged between the big toes, so you're driving out through the heels, you're wedged into the big toes, you're wedged into the heel of the hand uh, hand that's on the ground, the abs are going to be tight, not drawn in, but tight, like you were ready to take a kick. Then you're going to inhale into that braced midsection. But beyond that, you want to think that you're, as you're inhaling, beginning this active negative, you're loading that air into that working arm. You're loading that air down through the thorax, into the hips, out through your feet. So all of those are like balloon animals that get this puff of air as you're going down. And then, as you begin the ascent and you begin the concentric coming out of that push up, now we're directing that air through back out through the arm, through the feet, through the torso. Now we're using that pneumatic to drive you to the top position. Um, that may sound esoteric and weird, and people are like, What did Brett take before the podcast? But once you feel it once you get it and you have this feeling of this pneumatic system um it's gonna change your change your strength and uh change your push-up uh one arm push-up
0: forever absolutely and um you know it it's definitely one of those things where um man you just you feel you f- when you when you really start to um dive into the one arm push-up and the one arm one leg push-up you're gonna be you're, there's going to be some humility involved. You're going to have to check that ego at the door because, um, I've seen some really, really strong people attempt it and, and almost just completely break their nose because they think, well, if I can bench press 315, I should be able to do a one-on-one leg push them. And I'm like, it, it, it's no, that it's not even the same thing. Um, but, uh, you know, it's, it's such a, it, it, we always talk about strength being a skill and, and the name of my gym is skill of strength, but, uh, exercises like this is a true example of, if you want to do this, you have to put in the time. Um, Yes, there are some people that can do it a little bit easier than others. Like you see those people that, you know, they never bench press and next thing you know, they can do 275 or whatever. I mean, this is, this is, this is another scenario where it's like, even the really good athletes, they have to, they have to pay their dues with this from what I've experienced, because this is just, it's, it's almost like speaking another language when it comes to understanding tension and strength. And, uh, I mean, this is just kind of the beginnings of some of the body weight stuff that people can do. You look at high level gymnasts and these guys that are doing, you know, the ring work and, and the high level gymnastics work and, and the planches. And you look at that and you go, Oh my gosh. Now those guys are incredibly strong, but you have to think about the skill involved with that. And it's not just strength. It, there is a huge amount of skill and flexibility. And it's, I, I mean, if you've ever even attempted, I mean, I, I like to think that, you know, one arm one leg push-up is a pretty hard thing to do, but man, there's some other stuff out there that is just absolutely bananas. So, um, you know, I, I think the big thing with, with the one-arm push-up and the one, one arm one leg push-up is, um, is patience is, is taking your time and practicing it. You're practice. You're going to have to, I want you to use the term practice, when you're drilling this because, um, you can't do lots of volume with this stuff, by the way, right? It's not like you're going to do one arm, one leg pushups on the minute, right? It it doesn't work like that. I mean, if you're using high tension and you're truly using high tension, I mean, you may only do, may only do upwards of, you know, at the top end, 10 reps aside. And that's a lot for, for sort of one-on-one leg pushups. You don't see too many people banging out like sets of five. It's usually, you know, singles, doubles, and triples, and maybe some descending ladders or ascending ladders, depending on, you know, how you like to program. So there's, it's, it's, and it's going to, it's going to kick your butt. And if you've never experienced true neurological fatigue, do some one-on-one leg pushups or even train them. And you're going to, it's going to be a different sensation. It's going to be a very, very different feeling than you're acclimated to. Definitely. So two danger zones I want to talk about.
1: Bringing the hollow position to the push up. And because most people totally misinterpret the hollow position, um, they bring way too much thoracic rounding. Um, you know, gymnasts refer to the hollow position more as the dish because you're actually kind of creating this tuck at the pelvis uh, and tipping the dish. Uh, and creating this little bowl effect through the pelvis in the, in the midsection that does not extend, you know, really up through the thoracic all that much, not to the extent that a lot of people want to bring it. Um, they perceive the hollow position being all thoracic. They get really kyphotic when they, when they do this. Well, good luck descending into a one arm push up in a kyphotic position and maintaining your scapular position and a healthy shoulder. Uh, you're going to run into some pretty big problems. Um and that you know the you mentioned the gymnastics aspects of this and and talking about the hollow position just to throw something out there to spin people's heads um there's a big difference between straight arm techniques and bent arm techniques and when i say <laughs> straight arm techniques i mean when you look at the true hollow position and a hanging position that is meant to create the ideal body position for swinging around a bar not for a pull up not for you know any anything else? It is meant to be the arms stay straight. You are swinging around the bar, and it creates the body position that swings best around something like parallel bars or the uneven bars uh, for, for uh, women's gymnastics. So, and then handstand versus one arm pushup. You know, for a handstand, there's a completely different shoulder mechanics going on because it's a straight arm technique that you're not changing that position. Versus a a one-arm push-up where you are going to be bending that arm, or a pull-up where you are going to be bending the arms. So, just in my mind, I have a big dichotomy, a big difference between straight-arm techniques, bent-arm techniques. So, the first danger zone was bringing the hollow position too much into the push-up and creating a kyphotic T spine, which would challenge the 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 shoulder position. And then I talked so much about it, I forgot the uh, second um, danger zone, which is losing the scapular position. Anyway, um, see, I remembered it. It took me a second, but uh, um, I think one of the biggest things, and I, I see this a lot, and, and I think this may resonate more with people, uh, especially kettlebell people, in a kettlebell military press. You think because the weight went up, you did it right. You think because you went down and came up in a one-arm push-up, you, quote, did it right. You can You can get through these things a lot of different ways. Uh, mm-hmm. Some of them are you're succeeding despite what you're doing, not because of it. And when you lose scapular position, you're better off just going down to the ground and resetting, uh, yeah. and not completing that push up. Uh, you'll save yourself a lot of trouble down the road if you're willing to say that ah, that one wasn't right, and you know just. Park it on the ground. And by park it on the ground, I mean you, the person doing the push-up. And you know, reset, come back to the top, reset, find that scapular position again. The uh knees flex torso rotation from the FMS correctives for scapular stability can be a really good drill to get into here, uh, to really learn what it's like to just lock that uh, scapular uh position. Um, so I think if if people pay attention to that. Um, and you know, as far as strong first stop signs go, yeah, you know, it's a change in technique. Um, you didn't start there. Like you, you started at the top with this really great position. Um, oh yeah. Third thing I think people should watch out for is getting, <laughs> getting the arm. Remember on my gravestone, it's going to say, and one more thing. Yeah. Uh, the, uh, the hand gets overextended. Uh, so it gets too high in the push up position rather than being down so that at the bottom, you're more in a 90 degree elbow position, it gets up so that you have to go forward and chase that hand position. That's not where I want to be. I want to be in a position where as I perform that active negative and I come down to more of a 90 degree elbow at the bottom, I don't have to go chasing the hand position. I'm actually pulling myself beyond my hand with my lat to that ninety degree elbow and having that super strong drive position to come back up to the top from, um, so yeah, just some some danger zones there and things to look out for, and then just artificially control that environment. Be willing to say, you know, I, I know I was successful there, but I lost my shoulder position. I should go back to using the resistance band with a little, you know get my sets of five in, really lock in that that scapular position um,
0: build the skill over time. Absolutely. And I would always say, you know, a lot of people will say quality over quantity. I don't even want you to think about quantity when it comes to one arm pushups or one arm, one leg pushups, just think about quality. Um, because, uh, really, if you're thinking quantity, you've already, you've already lost, right? You've already, you're just taking the, the, you're taking a very, very wrong approach to developing this skill. And I think lastly, um, each person is going to look a little bit different, like they do in a squat, like they do in a pistol, like they do in a deadlift, right? So um, you can't make everybody's one arm pushup or one arm, one leg pushup look identical because we're dealing with, with different bone structure, different uh, limb lengths, and all the other things Brett was referring to. So it's going to take a little bit of time to dial your own in. So you can't make everybody look the same and nor should you. And that's, that's just the art of coaching is being able to say, you know what, based off of what I'm seeing, maybe you should bring this hand a little bit wider. or have a little bit more external rotation here, et cetera. So. So, um, you know, there's, there's several things to consider, but, um, again, it's one of those exercises that, um, is incredibly rewarding, um, has huge amount of carryover, um, and looks cool at parties. And, and honestly, that's what it's really about is looking cool at parties and not, you know, anything else. It doesn't really matter. Right, Brett? hundred percent. One more thing. Uh, when, (laughs) when you're practicing your one arm pushup and you're
1: headed towards potentially a one arm, one leg push up. When you really get wedged in between the working hand and the opposite foot, you're going to feel that other foot, that same side as the hand foot, you're going to feel it want to kick off the ground. Awesome. I actually think the one arm, one leg push up at a certain point is easier than the one arm push up because you're fully engaged, wedged between that opposite foot and hand. There's no place to go. When you got both feet on the ground, there's some place to go, you yeah. know, you can, you can lean a little bit, you can have a little too much hip shift. You can, you can have some things kick in. So people will get concerned. They're like, oh, you know, I'm working on my one-arm pushup. My, 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 the, the, op- the same side foot keeps kicking off the ground. Good. I mean, you're generating a lot of tension and, and you're really wedging between that opposite foot and hand. And that's actually not a bad thing. Um, I'm, and just to give you an idea here, yes, I've been doing one-arm push ups for a few years now, um, 20 some odd, and I'm still working on my foot position in a one-arm push up. I have a tendency for my heel to come in a little bit. I don't roll onto the inside of my foot, but my heel comes inside my big toe. Um, part of that is how I'm wedging into my feet, but I'm, there are aspects of this that I'm still working on, uh, 20 years later, same with my swing. There's things I'm still working on. There's things I'm still learning about every skill that I'm working on. Uh, treat this as a skill. Uh, treat this as a practice. Um, there's a lot to be learned from diving into the one-arm push-up. Uh, Karen has some great articles on the Strong First website. Um, the Strong First Bodyweight Fundamentals course uh, has some, some good progressions and, and things that you can, you can look at um, on that online course. And um, nothing beats some coaching. Yeah. I'm an SFB. got a strong first instructor.
0: Absolutely. So, um, we are going to close it out on that note. Uh, but before we do, um, this will be released in March and March is, uh, is colorectal cancer awareness month. And, um, you know, a couple of years ago I was diagnosed with, uh, with colon cancer and, um, it was, a it was, a, it was a crazy, uh, crazy uh, event in my life. And it's absolutely changed my life. And, um, you know, uh, for those of you, if you're at the age, um, get your colonoscopy, get tested. Um, you know, don't wait. If you notice something different with your body, when you're going to the restroom, when you're going to the bathroom, don't wait, go get your colonoscopy, go see a doctor. Um, you know, take care of yourself because you just never know. Um, it's important to have these, 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 these age appropriate tests because, um, you just never know what's going to come and, and it literally could save your life. And, um, you know, it's, uh, when this comes out, it'll, it'll be, um, just before, um, or just actually after, um, my 43rd birthday, which is coming up. And I was diagnosed actually, um, two days before, um, my 41st birthday. So, um, it's, it's kind of a crazy time of year for me, but, um, March is colorectal cancer awareness month, and I'll be sharing a lot of stuff over the next, uh, over the next month to just try to create some awareness. Um, you know, uh, we were hoping to do, uh, another event this year, but some, some life things happened. Um, and, and we weren't able to, but, um, we are going to, we are going to try to do something to uh, spread the awareness for, for all types of cancer. Um, but March being a colorectal cancer awareness month, it's very, uh, near and dear to, to my heart. And, and, uh, and Brett has been there, uh, through my journey as well. And I appreciate you brother, but, um, guys, uh, listen, we appreciate you. Thank you so much for the support. Um, if you enjoyed this, you know what to do share with a friend, give us a positive review and, uh, thank you so much. And, uh, We'll see you on the next one. Hey, friends. Thanks so much for listening. If you enjoyed this podcast, we're going to ask you for a favor. Please leave us some positive reviews. Be sure to subscribe and share with your friends, family, and colleagues. Thanks again for listening to the Minimum Effective Dose Podcast.